Thanks for tuning in to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that helps you experience happiness through hope, creativity, and validation of self and others. So listen up as we share tips and practices to improve your happiness game. I'm Marie Florence, and I'll be your host for episode 107 of the Happiness Playbook. Today, we're talking about ghosts and ghouls and things that go bump in the night, specifically all things Halloween. Love it or hate it, there's more to this holiday than the candy. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, it's time for our team huddle. If you're enjoying the podcast, I hope you'll take the time to share your favorite episode with someone that you think would also enjoy it. Think how great it would be to have another person on your team happiness to share feedback about your efforts to do the play of the weeks. Everybody needs a workout buddy. And speaking of our play of the week, how did you do with last week's challenge? It was a lot. Did you take the initiative and try out a new form of physical exercise with another person? Did you do a kind act or some type of service? How did you do on getting enough sleep? Incorporating all five of the steps that are scientifically proven to improve your mood that we covered in episode 106 was a big ask. That was a lot to cover, which is exactly why we need to have a happiness practice. It takes focused effort and intention to build the habits that are necessary to raise your emotional baseline and develop an overall sense of well-being. Like we're always saying, happiness doesn't just happen. We have to be proactive and make it happen. For our highlight reel, please, please go to playtheory.org and find the episode page for episode 107 where I've posted the link to Mr. Toad, the French bulldog who's dressing up in Halloween costumes every day in October. My favorite is his kip from Napoleon Dynamite outfit. A few other crowd favorites are Sebastian from The Little Mermaid, Elton John, MC Hammer, Napoleon Dynamite, and Dwight Schrute from The Office. You're welcome. Halloween, love it or hate it, it's center stage here in the States this time of year. I remember as a kid running around our neighborhood hauling my pillowcase heavy with candy. Coming up with the costume was always a challenge. I remember the deep disappointment of being a beautiful princess that had to wear a thick, shabby coat over my beautiful blue gown because of the cold. Another time, My mom had the genius idea to have my brother and I be Siamese twins by sewing two shirts together. Maybe she was hoping it would make me keep an eye on him. Instead, I ended up in just my regular clothes, wearing one of my mom's two curly wigs after freeing myself from the confinement of what amounted to an upper-body three-legged race. Yes, there was a short window in our modern history where women regularly wore wigs. Not the fun, flashy ones like you might think of today. These were just copies of the way your hair looked on a good day after a trip to the hair salon. 
Part of me wants that trend to come back, but then the part that doesn't, like an itchy head, reminds me that no matter how much time I'd save not having to do my hair, I really don't want to wear a wig all day. How do you feel about Halloween? Personally, I'm totally bipolar about it. I would not miss the overabundance of junky candy that is ubiquitous starting in October. I think it's no coincidence that flu season starts with Halloween. When my kids were tiny, I toyed with the idea of skipping it all together and focusing instead on wholesome harvest celebrations. I ended up compromising with my husband by only allowing non-horror-themed costumes. Bats and pumpkins, scarecrows were okay, but no screaming banshees with bloody eyes. I will admit that over the years, I did get sucked in to the fun of the ghosts and the ghouls. I admit, not being a fan of Halloween initially, I am in the minority. The National Retail Federation predicts that in 2022, Americans will spend $10.6 billion on Halloween. Yes, I said billion with a B. I was in shock when I read that, so I'll give you a minute here to digest it. Yep, $10.6 billion on candy, costumes, and parties. It hasn't always been this way. In 2005, close to half of those celebrating Halloween were under the age of 18. By 2022, 70% of those dressing up and partying on Halloween will be adults. Despite my affinity to costuming others in my theater work, I'm not one to dress up myself. My daughter concocts matching family-themed costumes for her, her husband, children, and even the family dog. If you don't get into the whole All Hallows Eve celebration, you still can't escape it if you live in the United States. There are ads and movies and aisles full of candy at your local markets. There are even entire stores dedicated to the holiday that pop up for three months out of the year. And now it's not just an American holiday. Halloween is celebrated in 13 countries, including Colombia, Germany, and China. And it's gaining popularity in an additional 23 countries, such as Australia, Japan, and Sweden. So what does it all mean? Why do so many of us love Halloween? And it's absolutely okay if you don't. I get it. Today, Halloween is highly commercialized and considered an all-American holiday, but it was actually started in Europe by the Celtic people over 2,000 years ago. Late in fall, the empty fields and barren branches reminded people of death and decay. They imagined a time when the separation between the living and the dead would be lifted for just one night and they could invite the spirits of those who had passed on to commune with them. They also believed that if they dressed up in a costume, 
Any bad spirits that happened to be around wouldn't be able to find them. They ritualized this idea in a festival celebrating both the bounty of the harvest and those that had died. 1,000 years later, the Christian church tried to replace this celebration by instituting All Souls or All Hallows Day in the beginning of November. But despite the church's effort to focus on All Souls Day, the evening before the approved celebration of the Honorable Dead became the real party, and it was called All Hallows Eve. Think Christmas Eve. And somehow All Hallows Eve morphed into Halloween. I wonder why Christmas Eve hasn't morphed into Christmasine. So Halloween, or All Hallows Eve, has been around for a long time. Why is its appeal so long-lasting? Researchers have found that ritualizing our fears helps us manage them. And if you think about Halloween or other holidays that celebrate the dead, like Mexico's El Dio, sorry, El Dia de los Muertes, it's all about death and dying and other things that go bump in the night. All things that make us jump or feel insecure in our long-time well-being. Even though death and dying are impossible to deny, it's still unnerving to think that each of us will come face-to-face with it eventually. And making a caricature of death is one way to cope with our fear of it. It's a major accept and build on the idea that we're all going to one day die. So Halloween isn't just about the candy and costumes. Here are a few more ideas that justify those that do decide to don the costume and celebrate this millennia-old tradition. One, it's a ritual, and as we mentioned, rituals help us deal with our fears. They shape community and build connections. That's part of the magic. Everyone in a neighborhood buying into the game of decorating their house and passing out candy to random trick-or-treaters is just plain fun. There's also a huge amount of trust and acceptance to go from house to house asking for candy. It's a great way to share an experience with others in your neighborhood and community. And that kind of connection improves our long-term emotional well-being. Someone who goes all out on decorating their house and making a fun experience for trick-or-treaters is also looking outward in a really rewarding way. Number two, there's a lot of validation available as we plan and prepare and finally share our costumes or decorations that we've come up with in this low-stakes, playful way. It's a great way to let go and play for all ages. Number three, the thrill of a well-planned spook can be good for us. Have you ever wondered why so many people like haunted houses or a good scary story? These low stakes shocks to our system trigger shots of cortisol and adrenaline and help us practice dealing with real threats that may challenge our well-being. Recovering from a good scare is another way we can practice letting go and playing. Number four, pretending 
is a powerful way to process emotions and prepare for engagement in future events that we haven't yet experienced. Children excel in this kind of work. Children often create pretend characters who act out in ways that would not be acceptable in real life. Being able to interact in an imaginary world where the stakes are low allows children to work through possible future scenarios and develop emotional mastery. As adults, we tend to limit our pretending to daydreaming about what we'll do with the day off or how we would remodel our house if we had the money. Halloween is another chance to let go and play in more real-time interactive ways. Number five, making death playful can provide an age-appropriate hint to children about an inescapable fact of life that can be hard to talk about. Death happens. You'd think it'd be depressing to think about the fact that someday we're not going to be here anymore, but actually, this can have positive emotional benefits. Being aware of our limited mortality can motivate us to take better care of our health and help us to prioritize our goals, to live up to positive standards, and realize our core beliefs. Knowing that our time is limited encourages us to build supportive relationships and peaceful, charitable communities. There's nothing like a stroll through a graveyard to remind us to stop wasting our time on things that lack real meaning in our lives. The lightheartedness of Halloween helps us accept a heavy subject and can help us build the emotional strength needed to face our fears. So here's our play of the week. If Halloween is your mojo, go all in and really let go and play. Go big on your costume or decorating your house. Let your imagination run wild. And if Halloween's not your cup of tea, you can still enjoy the autumn chill in the air without the judgment of those who are part of the $10.6 billion spent on Halloween. Instead of feeling irritated with others' choices and the aisles of cheap candy that are filling your grocery store, be curious about why others are so invested in it. There's usually more to their choices than what we see on the surface. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. And thanks for clicking on those five-star ratings that you'll find when you scroll down on your phone while listening to the podcast. We're all in this together, and your generosity and validation of this effort is a valuable part of our team effort to make our world a better place. So keep practicing your happy, and remember... Happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen. You got this.